get started. All right. Because we don't want to wait. Yay! <laughs> My name is Robin. I'm Stephanie. And, and we're going to talk about Smallville finally. Yes! Uh, so uh, I have all sorts of notes, uh, all sorts of trivia to share with you before we even start talking about the episodes. Well, so. good, because I have so many questions. So many uh, questions. <laughs> As people are watching or listening to our podcast, maybe for the first time, like, oh, Smallville? They're talking about Smallville? I'll check them out finally. You know, I didn't want to listen to them talk about all those other shows. Dawson's Creek, all those girl shows. We're a binge watch podcast. We watch what we want to. We used to just watch teen dramas or whatever, and this is almost like our bridge into whatever we want to, because this is technically a teen drama. (laughs) Yeah, it is. But it's also one of my favorite shows ever. (laughs) And, uh... Uh, so, so uh, just to let you guys know, we watched the pilot and Metamorphosis, um, but um, because there's so much which, trivia, that's why I was like two episodes this week. <laughs> let me get well, which it was kind of like a two-parter. Yeah, it really was. Actually, it really was. I, I have that stuff in my my trivia. Um, but let's first talk about our experience. Steph, what is your experience with Smallville? <laughs> Um, years ago, I bought the first season on DVD and watched the first few episodes. Uh-huh. And I don't know, I never, I never continued with it. It was too yeah. much going on. Yeah. Um, I meant to watch it eventually, but you know, there's too much. And then, let's see, I, I, I love Sam Witwer and I started watching when he was on. Season maybe. Eight. I saw James Marsters in some episodes, maybe. <laughs> I that. saw. So I know there's a Tess Mercer that shows up. That's season nine. <laughs> and I know Chloe turns into. Whoop, the, care, careful. Just in case well, people are listening for the first time, don't, don't give away much plot. Uh, well, I just. Yeah, just it's just funny to see, you know, where Chloe begins and where Chloe ends up. Yeah, yeah. And just, I mean, it's a long time. Ten years. Was it ten seasons? Yes. Eleven ten if years. you count the, uh, uh, count the comic book that uh, spun off from us. They did a season 11 comic book. Oh, okay. So, yeah, uh, you know, the show, drama- you know, just changes so much. Mm-hmm. And um, so you mm-hmm. never really experienced these first seasons, right? No, I mean, Mm-mm. not really. You I watched the faintest you know. of memories of mm-hmm. stuff you might have seen before. Yeah. Um, well, as for me, I've watched every single episode of Smallville a couple times over, at least. <laughs> um, and uh, I originally watched some of the pilot when it aired, uh, like live. Um, and I actually like turned it off because I was kind of put off by the tone of the show. I, I wanted like Lois and Clark and I was not in the mood for Dawson's Creek. <laughs> and I, in defense, like I was going through some terrible stuff uh, at the time. I was 26. I was like in and out of custody court <laughs> post-divorce. My dad had died a month ago. A 9-11 just happened. I was very resistant to any sort of optimism in my life. <laughs> so. Oh, so yeah, it was just the wrong time to watch Smallville for me. Although m- maybe if I stuck with it, I it, it might have brightened me up. But um, so I'd hear about the show off and on. Um, but the summer before season six, I burned through all the episodes because I heard there was a very famous Superman villain coming to the show. So I was like, ooh. <laughs> um, I watched it live from there on. 
and uh, and it was right right around that time I discovered podcasts, and uh, I immediately like joined the fandom of Smallville because I was listening to Starkville's House of L. Like, so wait, what season did Starkville House of L begin? Uh, season six. Well, actually, they started with a season five finale, and then just kind of did episodes of speculation leading up to season six, uh, and just them chit chatting. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, and um, by season ten, I was like actually friends with the hosts, and it turned out that they they couldn't even cover the the show properly week to week. So they asked me and uh, my friend Joe Humrick to co-host on the show and do like every other week podcast. So I've podcasted about ev- for every other episode of season ten already. <laughs> so, <laughs> but whatever. I, I mean, that was that was a while ago. Still, it was like two, 2010, 2011. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, so yeah, I did listen to Startville House of Ale, and there are a lot of listeners of, of Startville House of Ale that I'm internet friends with now. I mean, yeah, a lot. Yeah. That I wouldn't have been if it wasn't for listening to that. It was a huge community. Mm. And I should I should mention, you know, while talking about them, I mean, Derek and Steve uh, recently resurrected the the podcast, and they're rewatching the show as well. But I'm pretty certain, like. In our binge watch format, we're just gonna blow right. But they, they finished season one, and um, you know, so that's all out there. But if you're watching for the first time, I gotta say it's very spoilery talk. They they just kind of can't help themselves talking about like <laughs> how this turns into this, and this is like a first sign of this. You know, mm-hmm. it's fun. It's it's fun to rewatch with them. But so that's that's our experience, everybody. Um, and now uh, I have my second part of my notes, which is uh, I want to tell you, Steph, uh, where Smallville came from. <laughs> okay. Uh, my dreams. No. Let me just take a second. Uh, well, yeah. Like, I want to know what was going on. Like, I know why all the DC shows are on the on the CW right now. Right. Because superhero movies are so big. But why? In, what year was this? 2001. 2001. I can't believe that. Mm-hmm. It seems... Anyway, so 2001, why they did a Superman <laughs> show. Well, let me let me uh, uh, rewind. Rewind. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, 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 yeah, I'll, I'll let you... So was this yourself. a huge... Was it a huge hit? Were there a lot of yes. viewers? Okay. Okay. So let me just... Okay, so we got the production company Tolan Robbins. Tolan Robbins, okay, run by mm-hmm. run by t- these two guys, Michael Tolan, who was like a producer of like Nickelodeon shows, like uh, the Amanda Show and all that. And that was a great show. And he went on to <laughs> <laughs> he went on to produce. You, you like those shows? Amanda Bonds. Amanda, please. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, went on to uh, produce uh, One Tree Hill and Chuck. Uh, that guy did, and uh, oh, okay. Brian Robbins. You ever seen Head of the Class, the show? Yes. So Brian Robbins is like the was like the rebel kid in the background. Like he was in the back of the class all the time. Um, oh, okay. I forget what his character's name was, but uh, I always thought he was cool. Anyway, he directed Varsity Blues. Um, he's also directed a, a bunch of other stuff. Uh, right around the time Smallville came out, actually, his movie Hardball with Keanu Reeves was in the theaters. And uh, I must say he's also responsible for uh, the Eddie Murphy uh, trifecta, um, Norbit, Meet Dave, and A Thousand Words. <laughs> so, mm. so you win some, you lose some. Uh, <laughs> 
So, okay. So in 1999, Tolan Robbins uh, bought the script for the Bruce Wayne pilot. And it, hmm. it was written by the guy who wrote The Iron Giant. They were really excited. But by the way, The Iron Giant, uh, one of his famous quotes is Superman. But anyway. Um, so they wanted to write, do a show about the teenage years of Bruce Wayne training to be Batman. And uh, the WB was excited about it and wanted to pair it with this other new show of theirs called Angel. <laughs> mm. So they wanted to have like a like a you know dark brooding uh, hero uh, two hour block. Um, Sean Ashmore was uh, rumored to play Bruce Wayne. Uh, they were considering really, him. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and some okay. guy named uh, Michael Rosenbaum was in talks to play Harvey Dent. Um. And it, the show was going to be like bookended, uh, well, kind of like narrated by uh, Bruce Wayne's butler, Alfred. So almost like a Mr. Belvedere superhero show. <laughs> um, so they, this all went into uh, like pre-production or whatever. They were getting really excited, getting getting things lined up. And uh, Warner Brothers ultimately just kind of canceled the whole thing because they wanted to get the film franchise back on track. Mm. So uh, I just wrote down six years later, Batman Begins comes around, um, and uh, it wasn't until fifteen years later then that Gotham came around, which is essentially that show but younger, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyway, the script leaked um, online, and uh, reviewers actually checked it out and loved it. Um, so Tolan Robbins took that good buzz and pitched another idea to Fox and the WB. How about Teenage Superman then? <laughs> Um, and uh, they help, helping with the pitch was the people that gonna that were gonna run the show, uh, Alfred Go and um, Miles Millar, um, mm-hmm. who were at the time trying to pitch their pilot for uh, a TV series uh, based on the Arnold Schwarzenegger film Eraser. <laughs> so sometimes, like they'll say in interviews, like, "Oh, if it wasn't for Arnold Schwarzenegger, Smallville would never be around." <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so anyway, uh, uh, Go and Millar, is, or as most Smallville fans call him, Alan Miles, Al, Al, Al Go and Miles Moore. Um, mm-hmm. So they're a writing team, um, and I'm gonna just give you their credits. Um, uh, at the time, they had uh, their biggest hits were like Lethal Weapon Four and Shanghai Noon. And um, after and during Smallville, their writing credits include uh, Spider-Man Two, Shanghai Nights, The Mummy Three. <laughs> Um, they went on to do uh, the Shannara Chronicles and Into the Badlands. And uh, I did notice uh, my child put on Hannah Montana the movie uh, yesterday. And uh, it just so happened that that movie is produced by Alan Miles and for some reason co-starring Margot Martindale. But <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I was just like, what the heck? And uh, apparently they have uh, sh- the third Shanghai movie in the works right now called Shanghai Dawn. But whatever. Mm. Anyway, um, so uh, Alan Miles agreed to run the show. Um, they were not interested in putting Clark in the costume or worry about flying effects. So they dis- established this no flights, no tights rule. So you'll hear mm-hmm. about that a lot. <laughs> um, and and also, you know, Lois and Clark actually ended like four years before that, so they wanted something like fresh and new. They weren't comic book fans. They were interested in just kind of stripping Superman down to his bare essentials. Why did Clark become Superman? Um, and uh, and also, like, um, 
there's another rule they they established was that Clark was Clark Kent must never directly kill somebody. That's just not what Superman does. Mm-hmm. Man steal. <coughs> um, sorry, a little because I'm tired. Uh, all right, so uh, so here we go. We're we're getting the show started. And uh, so Buffy had really changed TV for young people. Um, uh-huh. WB, WB wanted an action show just like that, especially since this was the year that Buffy left WB. Mm. Um, but they also wanted kind of like the atmosphere of a seventh, seventh heaven. Um, <laughs> yeah, like like action, but like in something the family could watch. Yeah, exactly. Um. They wanted the foundation of the show to be the meteor shower. So if you think about it, the meteor shower is – The meteor shower is the hail mouth. It really is. is it, that's what I, that's the first thing I thought of. Exactly. Like it brought Clark to Earth. It killed Lana's parents who made Steph laugh. Uh, spoiler <laughs> alert. Uh, <laughs> and it set Lex down this dark path. And um, and also, you know, like uh, it gives people uh, – gives Clark people to fight. Uh, freaks of the week that are um, – uh, made by these meteor rocks, the meteor rocks uh, turned them into freaks of the week that Clark can fight. And uh, I, I would say, you know, there is the Hellmouth comparison, um, but there's also, you know, the fact that the Flash straight up recycled that format by the particle accelerator explosion in Star Labs. If you think uh-huh. about it, <laughs> you need stuff. You need a reason for stuff to happen every week. So that was uh-huh. that was the meteor shower. All right, so that's that's where Smallville comes from. And do you want to hear about the casting before we get into the episodes? This is going <laughs> sure. a lot quicker than I thought it was going to. I thought it was going to drone on forever. Maybe I have been droning on forever, and I'm just in, enjoying myself. <laughs> all right. So at first they were considering casting all teenagers for this show. <laughs> uh-huh. And Algo says, uh, in the proud tradition of Greece in 90210, we saw, we have 20-somethings playing teenagers. It's a conceit everyone seems to buy. <laughs> well, I mean, you have to. Or you have, like, my so-called life, where Claire Danes could only work so many hours. That's true. I mean, you know, t- television, There's a, it's very tight. Uh, they don't have a lot of time. So you can't. You know, work around people's schedules. You have to have people. You have to have. Uh, what did that? What does Josh call them? Oh, what was it? Oh, um, meat meat puppets. You have to have <laughs> the meat puppets that can work all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they have to be. Oh, you know, they have to be at least eighteen. And it's funny because anyway, I was listening to ahead. the commentary of these two episodes, and uh, uh, they said the the countless times where they're just in a field in the middle of the night of shooting. It's like so many times, basically so many times. So I'm just imagine like putting like young you know teenagers through that. Oh yeah, they <laughs> or just you know not able to do it at all. I don't know. Oh no, because they'd have school the next day. They couldn't work at three a.m. like Buffy did in the middle of a cemetery at three a.m. <laughs> yeah, well. I- I like this casting, yeah. and and Kristen Crook is fine. It's not her. I have decided it's the dialogue that they give her. Uh-huh. It's how she's written. You know, it makes her so bad. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Well, let me talk. Go, go ahead. Let, let you me, you me, go ahead. Let me I'll first talk about her. Later. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. The, well, uh, Kristen Crook is actually the first one they cast. Um, oh, okay. and she actually is a teenager. She's nineteen, at least. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, she does look. There's there's uh, there's shots of her where she looks very young. Yeah, 
And, you know, she looks so small next to Tom Welling, too. Oh, my gosh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah, Chloe and Pete look like teenagers. Uh, yeah, they're, and, they're both... Uh, nine, uh, actually, Pete's 18. He's the youngest. Yeah, and, and Clark the third. is like... How tall is Tom Welling? Is he like six foot? Oh, he's taller than me. I had the yeah. chance to interview him at one time. and uh, Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. It's amazing, and it's on YouTube. Um, You can see me just trembling. Um, (laughs) Anyway, so Christine Crick uh, was practically cast from her audition tape. Um, She sent one in, and she was – I don't know if you've seen it on, like, video store shelves or whatever, but um, at the time she was starring in um, the uh, Snow White, the fairest fairest of them all, like, TV movie. And I think after Smallville's success, they put it on DVD. Um, Mm. So David Nutter, who is the director of the pilot, said, and, and he also helped with like casting as well because David oh, okay. David Nutter's the guy you go to. Yeah, he has like at whatever show you've watched, he has directed episodes of. He's and probably the pilot. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, I have that note there. Yeah, uh, uh, Millennium, Roswell, Dark Angel, Supernatural, Sarah Connor, Arrow, Flash. He's directed 24 episodes of Superboy. He's done tons of X-Files episodes. And uh, we reviewed a, one of his movies right here on the show. Do you remember what it was called? <laughs> no. Disturbing Behavior. Oh, okay. Yeah. But right. yeah, you know, th- this pilot, it's, it's very cinematic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So and, and yeah, he sets a good tone. I mean, and and the thing is, he he, for months before the show started filming, like they he worked with Alan Miles to set like this is what the show is going to look like, you know, and who yeah the color the palette and everything. So uh, uh, so basically, David Netter said that the studio and everybody just went nuts over Kristen Crook. Um, they said he said the network had. Had said they'd never seen anyone that good since Katie Holmes. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, she, and this is what they want. They want. They want somebody pretty, mm-hmm. somebody attractive, but they want somebody with a, dis, a, distingu, a distinguishing look. Mm-hmm. They want somebody that has an interesting face, not just a pretty face. Yeah. And she does. She's she's very interesting to look at, and she is. She's a fine actress. She's mm-hmm. fine. But like I said, that's just how they. How they have the character written. Yeah. Um, and, and that interesting look comes from the fact that she's like half Dutch, half Chinese. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and uh, also during the first four seasons of Smallville, she was also starring in another show, uh, a Canadian high school series called Edgemont. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, she was part of the cast of that. So this is Vancouver. Oh, Yes. Mm-hmm. Her take on Lana a- is uh, what, and what she said is empathy and intelligence. She says she feels that her and Whitney's relationship had a foundation of love, but as Smallville begins, she starts uh, falling out of love and is just kind of too comfortable to drop out of the relationship. Like she still cares about him. Uh huh. Um, she also, uh, and she said basically, like during the graveyard scene with her and Clark, she finds like a kindred spirit. But um, she lives in her her own head a bit too much. She feels that Lana reads romance novels. She's smart, so only the classics. But she's also a tough girl. And, uh, you know, but, you know, it's just kind of 
emotionally damaged because, well, her life begins in this horrendous tragedy that happens. Uh-huh. So th- that's kind of what's going on in Kristen's head as she's playing Lana. I don't know if that helps. I kind of wrote down some extra Lana stuff for you. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I thought – all this time, I thought she was Lana Lane. I thought – I was like, why didn't they make her Lois <laughs> if her name is Lane? Nope. Lang. Uh, so did, did they you... didn't want Lois on the show yet until they go to – till he grows up and starts working at the yeah, to, you know, newspaper. And, uh, you know, I, I guess people probably know that Lois eventually comes to the show. And uh, I might just say that some people felt that she came to the show too early. So I guess we'll kind of get to that when we get to that. Hmm. I don't know when she comes to the show. I can't wait to see. <laughs> okay. So for Lex uh, – the, the the producers wanted a comedian. They wanted somebody eager to please and this innate need to be loved. And uh, really, yep, yep. Michael, well, I didn't get that. <laughs> Michael Rosenbaum, who is twenty nine at the time. I know. I really like him as Lex. Uh huh. I like him, and you know what? I, I get a Donald Trump vibe from uh, Lex Luther. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yes. <laughs> um. So Michael had previously been on some short-lived comedy shows, uh, and I guess during the audition he kind of took over the room, and uh, they basically said, this is the guy. And so he shaved his head. The producers actually weren't accepting any applicants that wouldn't shave their head. And uh, and Michael Michael says that a bald cap would have made him look like a cone head anyway. Um, uh-huh. He had to adapt to a new look. He says it's all about confidence. He's still, I'm still a goofer on my friends. My dad laughed at me and said I look like an idiot. Um, but he says he's glad he wasn't expected to be like a younger version of the Gene Hackman Lex Luthor. He wanted people to like Lex. He wanted people to see like there was a vulnerability to the the character. Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean you you have sympathy because you see his dad such a so hard on him, mm. such a. You know, he's going to have daddy issues. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you see in these episodes, whenever there's like a Lex Clark scene, you're, you know, in the back of your mind, you might be thinking, this is Superman and Lex Luthor talking to each other. Yeah, you're like, you know, they're friends now. But you can see how, because Lex, he's kind of unscrupulous. He's Mm -hmm. kind of, because he was, because, yeah. He's obsessive. You can see... You can Clark. see, you, you yeah. It makes you um, look forward to how their relationship yeah. is going to change. Speaking of daddy, John Glover. Um, uh, by the way, Lionel Luther is a Smallville original. Um, oh, he did not exist. Did not exist in the comics. Um, oh. John Glover, and it's pretty funny because uh, recently in Supergirl they put a Lionel Luther on the show, uh, uh-huh. who is completely bald in that version of the character. Um. John Glover was uh, well. He's got a huge career, but like n- notably, he's in Batman and Robin as this crazy doctor. He also voiced the Riddler in Batman the Animated Series. He's a Broadway actor, and for a time while he was recurring on Smallville, he'd fly back and forth from New York City to Vancouver so he could do both. Wow. Um, he also played Siler's evil dad in Heroes. <laughs> so mm-hmm. He's got an evil dad thing. And uh, his father had Alzheimer's, so he's a big supporter of the charity. Every year, he auctions off Smallville items uh, to support it. So. Mm. And I like this, like, evil corporation. Luther Corp. Luther Corp there, you know. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Eric Johnson was 22 when he was cast to play Whitney. 
Um, before that, he was a young Brad Pitt in Legends of the Fall. Uh, he oh. yeah, he tried out for Clark and Lex, and he says he was the complete opposite of Whitney in high school. Well, but that's interesting because I I I, I recognize this character. He's very good at this character. Okay, and. I've seen in oh my gosh have you, did you watch the Nick the Nick no no I, I, I know, loved I the Nick <laughs> he was in the Nick uh-huh. and he played kind of this character too kind of this the same kind of character and then now he's in Orphan Black yes he's like recurring in that he was actually just on yeah. a recent episode bringing his character yes back. yeah uh, he's also in the Fifty Shades movies I guess um, one thing I wanted to check out but I never did because it got canceled. Um, he starred in a, uh, a Flash Gordon series as Flash Gordon. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I remember that. It was like a was, season oh, that was, canceled. It was so Canadian. Yeah. So Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, notable Smallville note, he actually married uh, John Glover and Annette O'Toole's personal assistant from Smallville. Oh, sweet. Uh, Are they still married? Yes. Um, his neck. My next note is John Schneider. We all know John Schneider. <laughs> Okay, let me tell you about my relationship with John Snyder. Okay. He was, Bo Duke was my, that's when I was like, mm-hmm. oh, he's attractive. <laughs> like, that is the ultimate, mm-hmm. the ultimate, the ultimate John Snyder. I, uh, <laughs> yeah, I had the pleasure of talking to him as well and crumbled in his presence, especially since, you know, years he just of seeing seems him as like dad on the show. <laughs> Such a nice guy. He is. He really is. Um, and uh, I, I don't. We all know John Schneider, so I didn't write down a bunch here. But he was cast because of how believable he is as a guy that might have grown up on a farm, you know. So, yeah. And he brings that, you know, fatherly that, wisdom with him. He just that, yeah, that homegrown Midwestern Southern, yeah, whatever. Yeah. And uh, also recognizable face. So, you know, people would be like, oh, yeah, and John Schneider's in that show. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me tell you, let me tell you, mm, it's tangent. Please. When I was a kid, you know, $5 was like getting a $20 bill today. So if I could save up $5, you know, go to Bargain Town or Fred's and get a shirt. I had this shirt. I loved this shirt. It was like, what are those? They're like white. The shirt's white, but it has like colored three-quarter length sleeve Okay. Sleeves. They were yellow. And on the front of it, it, it said, I love Bo. And it was George <laughs> Schneider. My husband's blowing the de- the porch off right now. <laughs> but funny. yeah, I Barely love right. Bo Duke. I love John Schneider. Do you I have the shirt I love him so much. No, 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 uh, no. Darn it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Moving on to Martha Kent. Okay. So Cynthia Ettinger was originally cast as Martha. But during filming, mm-hmm. she agreed with the producers that she just was not right for the role. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, I'm sure that happened. <laughs> she has a quote that says, I had a lot of conflicting directions on the show. And although I love the storyline, the people, and the character, they just did not know how to use me or what to do with the character. I am too young to words, have him as my child. And everyone seemed yeah. to be too worried about that uh, from the word go. In other words, they found somebody else and they fired her. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe, but the version of the story is, you know, they had disagreements on, you know, and she really felt like she was too young to play uh, Clark Kent's mom. 
I must mention that later on she played uh, Rita Sue in Carnival, where she played the mother of an 18 uh, to 19-year-old, which was also played by a 28-year-old, so she ended up still <laughs> just playing. <laughs> uh, so anyway, they brought in Annette O'Toole, another recognizable face, and of course... Uh, do you know how she's connected to the Superman lore already? No. She played Lana Lang in Superman three. Oh, <laughs> so she was Lana. the ori- she was the original Lana Lang. So who is Lana Lang in the original Superman movies? Uh, she is uh, pretty much what she is. She's a girl that Clark grew grew up with and uh, was in love with, high school sweetheart. And uh, you know, in the in Superman three, uh, she ends up ba- basically marrying Whitney and settling down in the town and having a child. Uh, the character's not called Whitney in the movie; he's called Brad, and he's this alcoholic football jock, and he's a complete douche. Um, and Clark goes back to town to reconnect with her um, in Superman three, um, and while doing a story on his hometown. Um, okay, because I, I remember Superman, but I don't remember any of the sequels. <laughs> Superman 3 is kind of crazy. Terrible. <laughs> it's, uh, it's got Richard Pryor in it. They wanted to do a funny Superman movie, I think, so they did a lot of funny uh-huh. stuff in it. But I think the stuff in Smallville between uh, Christopher Reeve and Annette O'Toole always rings really, really uh, true and very Superman. Um, so, uh, so Annette was just wrapping up on this uh, series she was starring in called The Huntress, um, and they uh, shot almost every scene, like reshot almost every scene of Martha in the pilot. So, pretty much anytime you see an Annette O'Toole on camera, it's a reshoot. So, like if somebody's reacting to Annette O'Toole, uh, they're reacting to Cynthia Essinger. <laughs> <laughs> so it's kind of a funny thing to watch for. Um, and there's actually a scene uh, where Clark and Jonathan are in the barn talking. And in the background, you see Martha out by the tractor. And that's actually Cynthia Edinger. I'm just going to take her out. Uh, okay, next cast, cast member, Allison Mack, who was 19. Yes. Almost auditioned for Lana. Decided to try for Chloe and got the part. Um, Chloe was originally supposed to have an ethnic background. Uh, but Alan Miles thought that Allison had this rare ability to deliver a lot of exposition conversationally. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, I can see that. She is also an original character made for the series. Um, mm-hmm. And I just wrote, think Mulder mixed with Veronica Mars, uh, but mm-hmm. definitely think Lois Lane precursor. <laughs> mm. uh, yeah. I must say, you know, we'll we'll get into it going on, but a lot of the fandom was like, oh, Chloe will eventually turn out to be Lois at the end. No. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, see, okay, we're so used to this thing now of, because it's in all this, the, the DC shows where we're like, oh, this character has, okay, just like, let me give Arrow, for example. Mm-hmm. Oliver is supposed to be, uh, who's Colin? Oliver is supposed to be, um, Batman. Arrow is supposed to be Batman. You know what I mean? Like, What are you getting at? <sighs> okay. <laughs> Just like this character really isn't this character. It's really another character that oh, okay. we know. All right, yeah. But we can't use that character because of licensure, licensing. Yeah. Uh, but Arrow is very Batman. Mm-hmm. Oliver Queen is very... Who's the guy that is Batman? Uh, Bruce Wayne? Bruce Wayne. Who's yes. the guy that was Batman? <laughs> no, 
I'm sorry. It's not. It's I'm having that brain okay. thing. Um, you know, so so early on in Smallville, you there wasn't that reference of oh, this character is very much like this other character, but they can't say that because of licensing mm-hmm. or whatever. Or there yeah. was, and, and we were still in that uh, mindset, a, a different mindset. Anyway, go ahead. I always say to people um, who are. Chloe Clark shippers, and I'm not saying whether or not they get together through the series. I'm not spoiling anything, but I always say to them, you know, especially in this present tense, if you want a show where Chloe ends up with Clark, watch Arrow. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, and see if you actually enjoy that. Because and the me, Arrow writers <laughs> were like, "Oops, that was a bad idea." And they've been, I think, they've been struggling with it ever since. And it's like we, no, you no longer have that. Uh, fun element of Oliver and Felicity going back and forth. It's always has a, uh, has something in the background of like, Oh, we were in a relationship and we hurt each other. You know, it's, uh-huh. it's you can't recover from that. Unfortunately, uh-uh. you know? it's the yeah. curse. <laughs> and then Smallville, it, it's like settling in. You've got a long road ahead of you. <laughs> we can't move too fast. Mm-hmm. We've got to give ourselves room to grow and to change, we and got four just, years of high school to go to go through before yeah. before uh, even considering putting on the, uh, the the Superman costume, you know. <laughs> yeah, Clark's got a lot of learning to do. That's what this show is all about. Um, okay, so two more two more actors. Uh, Sam Jones the third. He was eighteen when he was cast as Pete. He was cast as Pete four days before the pilot began shooting. <laughs> Oh wow! Yeah, apparently Pete was the hardest they had to cast. Uh, huh? And he's hardly so far. He's hardly <laughs> yeah in the episodes. I you know I have a I have a thing where I I feel that Pete is a great character, but sometimes I just don't know what to do with him. But uh, you know he he's Clark needs like a best friend. You know uh, that's not like a you know a, a love interest or I don't know. Chloe is Chloe is a a person that's a like his best friend, but uh, she's also got this like. Outsider perspective because she's not Originally from Smallville I mean, You kind of find out about this stuff as it goes on But uh, So Sam was cast Because of his, like, his natural sweetness They said uh, yeah, He is really cute yeah. He's cute They said you need a cast with that uh, If people are going to invite you into their homes uh, oh, you, you need a cast with uh, natural sweetness If you, people are going to invite you into their homes every week Well there has to be somebody that's the heart Kind of you know mm-hmm. like going back to to my so-called life, like yeah. the Ricky character, the yeah. emotional, the there has to be that character. It's true. I mean, you know, when Pete gets hurt, you're like, oh man, he's just like this guy, this kid, you know. Um, uh, so. Yeah, I can see, I can see Chloe getting herself in. Well, maybe her and Pete into trouble mm-hmm. because of her personality. You know, she just, <laughs> I foresee a lot of Chloe and Pete in trouble and. Uh, <laughs> Clark rescuing them, yes. Uh, maybe maybe a lot of Lana Lang as well. Oh, most definitely. Oh, gosh. Uh, I cannot wait. I'm going to share with you probably at the end of our series uh, this, a statistics page I have bookmarked of like the amount of times Lana gets kidnapped, the amount of times uh, Chloe gets knocked out, the amount of times. <laughs> it's so funny uh, because it really adds up when you got to do a show like this every week. Uh, they said in the Superman comic book, Pete was a white character. Uh, and. Uh, uh, Sam says, I feel privileged to break down a barrier instead of being the cool, hip, black kid from the inner city. This guy is raised on a farm. He's very intelligent and extremely energetic. Um, so it, yeah, he is very energetic. Mm-hmm. He's 
little scrappy. Yeah. <laughs> Our final actor to talk about, obviously, is Tom Welling, uh, who was 24 when he was cast as this freshman in high school. Uh, <laughs> um, he was a former construction worker. He was discovered while working and became an Amber Crombie Fitch model. Um, he was in some Verizon commercials. He did a six-episode stint on Judging Amy. Um, and then uh, David Nutter actually found his photo in a casting director's album. Um, he Tom was not interested in his role. He thought this would ru- ruin any sort of movie career aspirations he had. Um, and he like turned it down like two times. And then finally David Nutter talked him into reading the script. And... Um, and uh, he thought it was amazing. He really loved it. Um, so he auditioned. And um, he also read the graveyard scene with Kristen Crook, who was already cast. And the network loved their chemistry. Um, he says he's not a comics guy. He saw the Superman movies, but didn't get deep into it. Um, he decided against having any of that influence him in the role. Um, he said, one time uh, Lois and Clark came on, and it was an episode about Clark's origins, and he turned it right off. <laughs> Um, he got all sorts of uh, Superman-related gifts uh, throughout the series, which he says he just stores away. And he says, "When I'm when I'm done, I'll look at it. I'll look at all that stuff." Um, he just wants to play the character in the script that he's given. He's a high school kid. Okay, how does that make you feel? What? That he's that way. I I like uh, it. Does it matter? Does it? Yeah. Well, he says he does. He's basically saying he doesn't want. All this baggage to affect how they're, you know, how yeah. Clark is being, how Clark is on the screen. He's not. He's not wearing the suit. He's. He's not. He hasn't. He's. He's learning, and it's like he's yeah. not born with as Superman. He's. He learns to be Superman. That's true. I can see that. Um, he just says. He says, "I'm just a high school kid who happens to have powers." <laughs> Uh, a teen, a teen coming of age, uh, not young Superman. Uh, I must say, also who auditioned for Clark Kent in alternate universes? We might have seen these shows. Uh, Milo, Milo Ventimiglia, <laughs> uh, who went on to be on Heroes, of course, mm-hmm. and Jensen Ackles. So, Jensen Ackles the Superman. That would have been funny, mm-hmm. interesting. All right, so. That is everything that I have to tell you about the origins of Smallville and where the people came from. Okay. So I watched uh, both commentaries on these episodes. And just so you know, like, there's only, like, sparse comments. There's, like, two a season, I think. So mm-hmm. this is the most amount of trivia I'll probably have. That's why I said two episodes. That's all we're going to do. <laughs> okay. All right. So uh, let's get into the pilot. Um this take this took sixteen days to film, um, like double the amount of time they do to shoot an episode. Um, they said there was a worry that people would prefer to watch another Alien Boy show in its third season that had recently defected to the UPN with Buffy and was airing against the premiere, which was Roswell. Roswell. Uh, three million people tuned in for the Roswell third season premiere in the UPN. Eight point four million people tuned into the Smallville premiere. <laughs> What? It completely broke the WB's viewership record. And this is a show that began airing at 9 p.m. on Tuesdays after Gilmore Girls. Um, Wow. It averages about 4 million uh, viewers per episode and never dipped below 3 million until season 9. Imagine those ratings now. (laughs) It's just ridiculous. 
Uh, that was back when people watched TV. Yeah. <laughs> the pilot ran 10 minutes longer um, than uh, than most of the shows, and it upset a lot of v- VCR owners. <laughs> uh, yeah, I read that. I saw that somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you guide uh, what you thought of the pilot, and I'll I'll, I'll react or whatever. I've been talking too much. <laughs> oh, I'm just I mean I enjoyed it, mm-hmm. and the, my least favorite part is the freak of the week. Like I don't care about Greg or whoever, mm-hmm. you know. But Jeremy, uh, uh, Jeremy, yeah. yeah. I think Greg's in the next episode. Yeah. Yeah, um, I like I like that. Martha really wanted a baby. Yeah. She thought it was too, you know, she she really wanted a baby. She wished for a baby, got a baby. Uh, and how protective. She's so protective of Clark. Mm-hmm. They are so protective. And they don't need to be. <laughs> That's what's so funny. Well, it's great because, um, I mean, it's a little, it's a little like, um, weird because these are Kents that, that uh, apparently Clark has this power has powers he doesn't have all his powers mind you he only has super speed and um uh super strength at the time so when uh clark gets hit by a car or clark uh you know is engulfed in flames trying to rescue whitney um this martha is really scared about this you know she doesn't realize that he's gonna be okay so, so uh, Pa Kent knows, yeah. but Ma doesn't. No, 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 no. They both know. They just don't okay. know the full range of his abilities. And mm-hmm. as you see, when Clark like throws his hands in the ch- hand in the chipper shredder, Jonathan mm-hmm. doesn't seem to know that his hand's not going to get eaten right up. Mm-hmm. He freaks out. He pulls his hand out, and he's amazed to see that Clark has not been hurt. So they, so they didn't really know that he's invulnerable. Which is weird mm-hmm. because you think to yourself, okay, how many shots did they try to give this kid over the years? To- <laughs> like, like, really? <laughs> and, I, I, you know, who knows? Maybe maybe this invulnerability built up over time so they were able to give him shots as a baby? I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm just thinking of shots immediately. Because- <laughs> well, uh, yeah, see, that stuff doesn't matter. Just like... You can't just pick up a baby out of a cornfield and take him home and raise him. <laughs> you know, what about birth records and and Oh, we'll get know, into that. Social security cards. Trust, trust me, we will get into oh, that. It, uh-huh. it does come up. Mhm. Okay. Um, but like we like I said, like this meteor shower like starts everything, you know, and um and even gives us the freak of the week for the week because uh, this freak of the week is like up on this uh uh well, Sort of He's a being, <laughs> yeah, scarecrow. yes. There's this uh, Jesus uh, imagery. Mm-hmm. Very Superman. And, <laughs> In yeah. fact, back here, back here at this time, it wasn't like grown worthy. <laughs> people were like, "Yo!" People were like, you know, interested in the fact that, oh yeah, Clark is kind of like a person that was sent from the stars to save us all interesting you know so they that was and you know obviously there's also the statistic that the superman symbol uh that's on the on his chest is uh is known just about as much as like the christian cross you know <laughs> across the world uh, you know? see, 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 see i was okay with the i was okay with jesus imagery mm-hmm. the the cross on the cross but what I groaned at was it's the cemetery the cemetery scene <laughs> and the motorcycles uh, on the 
military scene I hate. What? And where he's standing in front of the uh, stoned angel and he's got the, oh, you know, you see the wings yes. behind him. I was like, oh. I, God. you know, I had a feeling. You posted a picture of that, that the angel shot and a, a, and I didn't a, a say page of the script and didn't say a thing. And everybody was like, oh, I love that scene. I love that scene. And I'm sitting there going, I know Steph hated that scene. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so like it's so sweet. Oh no, it's not. It's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Clark Kent, what are you doing creeping around the woods? <laughs> You'd never believe me if I told you. Sorry, I didn't mean to. I mean, it's just awful. It's just awful. Aww. I just think it's very like uh, you know, sweet uh, teenage show talk, and they're bonding. This is a scene that they audition together as. <laughs> It's that, stupid. That I came here to talk with my parents. <laughs> Let me introduce you to them. <laughs> okay, that was a little cheesy. That part I think is a little cheesy. And then when when Clark's like, "What's that? What's that, Mrs. Thang? <laughs> you think Lana should stop talking in the middle of the night in graveyards? <laughs> oh, I think she's cool too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh well. Um, uh, I, I think. Okay, let's let's talk a little bit about, about Lana and and your problems with Lana. You you just don't like the way she's written. I, yeah, it's this dialogue. It's just it's funny because I there's so many scenes of like Lana like she's directed to like stop and then look back over her shoulder and kind of like smile and stare, and it, the mm-hmm. camera stays on her just a little bit too long. And it's funny. I listen to the commentary and. Um, the pilot commentary and at the end where she's on the porch and she kind of turns and looks over her shoulder like is somebody watching me kind of thing but also like I don't know just like dream like dreamy whatever uh, David Nutter's like that is my favorite shot of this pilot I was like yeah, obviously because you hold on you hold on it for a, a yeah it's like long. <laughs> it's like we are in love with this girl mm-hmm. and we want everybody else to be in love with this girl yeah. because because everybody is in love with this girl. Mm. Is Lex in love? With, I feel like Lex is inappropriately in love with her. Uh, I think Lex is intrigued by her, and it, it gets further into it in the second episode. But um, I think Lex is more interested in Clark, and uh, and when he discovers what that, makes Clark tick, mm-hmm, and when he discovers that uh, Lana is the. Uh, is someone that Clark loves and, or, you know, is interested in. And Lex sees that she's dating some jock. And also this weird thing where she's got this necklace that's, you know, it's just, he wants to, he's learning about Lana and what's going on with her. So, um, and of course the whole thing where, um, she talks about how she has met him before. <laughs> she visited his mansion and found him in the pool with some a naked, you know, naked in a pool with a girl. And, um, so, um, yeah, I can't wait to find out more about Aunt Nail because Lex is, is a friend of Aunt Nail's. Well, the Luthers are. She she went over to the Luthers to visit, I guess. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and now Sarah Jane Redmond, I must, I must, uh, yeah. point out. She's, she's a hottie. Oh, and I noticed that she was very happy to see Jonathan. Mm. And then she was just <laughs> okay about seeing, uh, Martha. Well, you got to so realize I- that, that, uh, uh, Jonathan and Martha, I, I, no, actually it was just Jonathan. Jonathan, um, has lived in Smallville all his life and, mm-hmm. uh, might've been, you know, uh, 
a young, studly uh, teenage homecoming. I don't know if he was a homecoming king or if he was just like mm-hmm. a, a jock or whatever, but he was you know, a big football player back in the day. So you can imagine that if he and Nell do not have any history, Nell definitely has is like, oh, yeah, he's he's aged well. <laughs> so, oh, what's the significance of the tulips? Um, Was that in the comic or what? The tulips, you mean in Aunt Nell's flower shop? Yeah, well, they bought tulips. They took them home, and then when the meteors hit and they're, uh, the, the Kents are in the wreck and they're upside down in the truck, the tulips yeah. are, like, strewn all over the truck. I feel like the tulips hmm. are important for some reason. Uh, or were they just, like, some kind of visual thing? It must I, – I, I don't know if they were intending – they didn't mention anything about the tulips in the commentaries or any of the trivia I read. Um, uh, so, oh, I got to mention that um, – well, we have – I love the young Lex scene. Young Lex in the helicopter with Lionel. And did you see Lionel's newspaper? Oh, yeah, about the queen, queen industries. industries. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that's interesting. Yeah, see, I feel like there's a lot of little uh, foreshadowing. Mm-hmm. Like we will see, we will know more about the queens later on. Uh-huh. And, uh, and how crazy it is that this whole meteor shower happens. Lionel finds his boy in the cornfield, like, like unconscious. In shock. In shock, just... Yeah, not unconscious. He was in shock. He's like shaking, but he's like, you know, he's gone bald. And Lionel, instead of running to him and cradling his child and being like, "Oh my God, are you okay?" You know, he's like stands there like disgusted, and that's a great oh yeah, that's why I get Lionel. <laughs> yeah, that's why I get the Donald Trump mm-hmm. vibe. Because you know, I just uh, in my mind, the reason Donald Trump is the way he is is because he didn't his father the way his father treated him. Maybe I get this from uh, Pod Save America. Maybe. <laughs> pod Save America, of course, our friends of the pod. Um, no. Not really. <laughs> uh, young Lex is played by Matthew Munn, by the way, who played Young Byers in the Lone Gunman TV series. There's a flashback. <laughs> Byer, little Byers as a kid was played by Lex Luthor. Uh, I also must say, young Lana, who is just this adorable little child and... She's a creature. She, She's so ugly. What? Oh my god, who are you? What have you done with she Seth? She's so ugly. Oh, come on. <laughs> so cute. Such a cute little face. And when she cries, I'm just like, no, baby, no. I mean, I have three dollars, three daughters, so I also have three dollars probably, but I have three, <laughs> I have three daughters, so probably I, I don't really fall for it easier. But interesting thing here is that this child is not using her real voice. Uh, she, she is being voiced by Miranda Cosgrove. Who, <laughs> what? Yeah. Who? Do you know who she is? Uh, I know. Uh, Disney Channel? Yeah, she, no, was, she, was, she starred in iCarly. Um, yeah. She was also in School of Rock. Um, she was five years old at the time, and they had, for some reason, I couldn't find any reason why, but... They used her voice for this child. <laughs> Isn't hmm. that, so, uh, so yeah, probably just uh, probably just a terrible voice to go along with her ugly face, right, Steph? <laughs> probably. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, also, um, oh yeah, I, 
about these about the Kents that they said they really wanted younger Kents to be involved with Clark's life. Clark, the Pa and Ma kind of always been like these like senior citizens raising mm-hmm. a teenage boy, and they just did not want like old people. They wanted people that could get involved uh, more. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, unlike my so-called we life, great- we won't see uh, Jonathan and Martha talking about you know when and how they have sex or you know oh, mid coitus all the time. You know, which good. Ugh. But they do give them a little gray around the temple mm-hmm. to to show that you know time has passed. Yep. Yep. So uh, I don't have anything more about the flashback. Uh, some bits of some Easter eggs I was pointing out, and again they could be. Signs of what's ahead, or just like, hey, comic book fans are going to watch this. Let's just let's throw some Easter eggs in here. So, Queen Industries mm-hmm. might be like that. Uh, Clark seems to be reading in super speed when we first see him, but I, I don't. I, it's not actually commented on. But his eyes are like going back, back and forth as he's reading the computer screen. Uh, but the uh, the headlines are fastest man alive, which uh, might be an Easter egg for Flash. Uh, and also, a uh, six-year-old Korean boy lifts truck off of parents, which is definitely a, a, a comment on uh, Superman the movie or an Easter egg. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's what I thought. But I was like, why Korean? What's the deal? I, yeah, just it was just a just a, some sort of reference yeah. to the movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so we have Clark as the teenager, and uh, yeah, he's just set up like this kid who's got these powers, and he just wants to be normal like the other kids, you know. It's that eternal struggle of uh, a teenager in a genre show, you know. <laughs> yeah, I just want and to do normal teenage stuff, but I'm in a genre and show. Sup- <laughs> yeah, and I'm super attractive, but I'm yeah. not a popular kid. I should be <laughs> a popular kid because I'm so hot. <laughs> uh, he just wants to play football like his old man, you know, and. Um, uh, also, uh, so we see him like racing the bus, which is a great classic Smallville sequence. Um, but as you see in the cornfields, they look a little fake, don't they? <laughs> I, I mean, it was it. fine. Oh, good. It was good. fine. It was yeah. a huge production problem on Smallville because this show that takes place in Kansas had a problem with getting cornfields. <laughs> um, they tried growing corn in a greenhouse. Apparently, and they only grew about two feet high. Um, <laughs> so they used digital cornfields, and any close-ups that are in corn, they actually imported like six hundred stalks of fake corn from sort of some sort of warehouse in Arizona where they were making it. <laughs> and so, anytime it's around uh, characters, it's all like fake corn. But okay. I mean, I thought they did a great because I was yeah. I was wondering where they were because it looks like. Kansas to mm-hmm. me, I've never been to Kansas, but I mean, I think they pulled it off. I have no problem with it. Mm-hmm. Ah, good old Vancouver. Yeah. Uh, Clark is seen with a skateboard in the pilot. He never rides a skateboard or is seen with one ever again. I think they just <laughs> wanted to make it look like, oh, Clark, he's young. <laughs> <laughs> also, Martha mentioned some night classes in this pilot. That's never mentioned again. Um, the the first homage to um, movie Clark, I think, is uh, um, I think when Clark is like blundering his books, like because Christopher Reeve is always playing Clark as like this blundering guy that you would never expect to be uh, Superman. Yeah, yeah, he's not so much that, but I like that, like how Chloe and Pete comment on how oh he's always late. <laughs> yeah. 
like he doesn't have it together. Right. And I like how like at first when he's blundering the books, you're like, oh, he's just being like Christopher Reeve, Clark Kent. But as it's revealed, Lana is wearing a necklace with uh, kryptonite. I mean, not kryptonite, meteor rock. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's not called kryptonite here. Uh, oh, it's not. Well, do we not have the do we not have the rights to the word kryptonite? No, it's not like that. It's that people don't know what krypton is. <laughs> okay. So they don't call it kryptonite. They call it meteor rock. Now, okay. I'm not saying that it might not be known as kryptonite in the future, but mm-hmm. yeah, they always say meteor rock, meteor rock. Because uh, that's all they know. Just some meteors hit, hit hit the town, destroyed half the town, you know, and meteor rock is all over this town. Um, and uh, I like the whole uh, Lana saying, what are you, man or Superman? Because she's commenting on the uh, Nietzsche book that he's holding. Yeah. Uh, so, that was cute. Uh, because it's it's saying that you, me and you we're intellectuals we're smart we're mm-hmm. we we know who Nietzsche is uh right nobody else does yeah and Lana is supposed to be like I said intelligent you know mm-hmm. you know he's book smart you know good I going? don't know oh. <laughs> you go ahead <laughs> uh, we have a we have a fantasy scene where Clark is fantasizing about winning the game and winning Lana's heart and I just wanted to mention that the crowd in that football scene is uh, stock shots from the movie Remember the Titans <laughs> <laughs> which is really funny uh, yeah Lex is not liked so much by his father that he's sent to Smallville to run Luther Corp fertilizer plant number three <sighs> Like not uh, number one or number two, he's running number three. Oh, see, I didn't catch that I, I, when he pulled up and he said, "Thanks, Dad." Yeah, I, I, I didn't quite That's get the what sign was going says, on. Luther Corp fertilizer plant number. So three. they have houses, uh, homes all over the country, mm-hmm. and he's just living in this home, running this plant, mm-hmm. and he could be at different, somewhere different, like someplace good, but he ended up in Kansas. Yeah. Okay. I'm sure he'd love to be a metropolis, you know, where all the action Yes, that's where, the, mm-hmm, that's where the cool people live. <laughs> uh, we have this great stunt at Loeb Bridge. Like, the bridge is called Loeb Bridge after uh, Jeff Loeb. Who is, really? Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, who's a comics writer, movie writer, TV writer. Oh, yeah. And uh, may possibly be a Smallville writer in the future. Um, but right now he's just known as like the comics guy. So and so that's how he gets into and didn't he do heroes and mm-hmm. yeah. and he into some of the DC stuff now. Yeah, producer. Yeah. yeah, big name, big name. But uh, mm-hmm. this stunt is amazing. It looks great, and I it gotta, really does. I loved it. I loved it. I got to mention that uh, the car actually crashed into a real stuntman. Um, this what? guy, yeah. This guy was uh, Wolverine's stunt double in the X-Men movies. The first couple of X-Men movies, he was Wolverine's stunt double. Uh, and, yeah, he, he the car, like, I don't know, hits him. And, he, you know, he knows how to, like, roll and go off the bridge with the car. That's not a dummy. Wow. Yeah, right? I know. It's amazing that in 2001, we get this action. Because, mm. you know... Yeah. The, when you watch Buffy, watch the evolution of action and stunts and co- choreography and everything. And this is two thousand. I mean, this is very, this is very good. Totally. Very, very good. It's very an amazing cinematic. stunt. And of course, you're mm-hmm. going to see it. It's such a great shot. You're going to see it in the title credits many, many, mm-hmm. many, many years. From um, yeah, the producers called this, uh, or I think maybe David Nutter called it the meat violent. 
Instead of the meat cube, this is the meat violent. Ah. Uh. <laughs> and that the first kiss of Smallville is between Clark and Lex as Clark is trying to revive him. <laughs> I know. I was like, oh, God, I hate to be an actor <laughs> having to do that. And also, my number one pet peeve, the thing that I hate the most, because, you know, I am a respiratory therapist. Right. It's that, come on, don't down me. <laughs> Stay. Oh, God, I hate that with all my soul. <laughs> Yeah, and Clark doesn't even know he has super breath yet, so, you know. Oh, he could have blown along. <laughs> blown along, <laughs> freezed everything inside of Lux and killed him even worse. <laughs> but uh, I don't know if you remember uh, Man of Steel, but, I mean, the the whole scene where the bus goes off the bridge and Clark, young Clark pushes the bus up the riverbed, that it's kind of a, I think it's a kind of an homage to this whole first scene here. Um. <laughs> So Jonathan has a very uh, terrible first impression of Lex. <laughs> oh, you're the kid who hit my hit my kid and knocked him, you know, with a car and hit, knocked him off a bridge. Uh, or you know, I I think that it's that people are. Uh, I think that the story really is that uh, he he missed Clark and Clark went in to save him. Uh, uh-huh. Where actually he did hit Clark. But, well, I don't think Jonathan has a very favorable view of LexCorp anyway. Yeah. Like Luther maybe Corp. he knows uh, – yeah. It's LexCorp. <laughs> maybe, <by the> future. <laughs> maybe Jonathan knows Lionel, knew him, and does not like him, thinks he's a, a slime ball. Well, and I mean it, he that's says – That's what I imagined. Yeah, he says in like later dialogue like he – Lionel came to town – Bought up like farms and stuff, and kicked people off their property and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. He even he even bought uh, Pete's grandfather's uh, farm, I think, or cornfield or something like that. Anyway, that's mm-hmm. what, that's the reason why Luther Corp has these fertilizer plants in Smallville is because Lionel bought a bunch of people's property. And like, don't mess with farmers, man. Yeah, yeah, you gotta you gotta support the troops, and you gotta. You got to not mess with the farmers, right. America. Happy Fourth of July! Happy Fourth of July! Yeah. <laughs> uh, if you notice the shots, as um, uh, well, Jonathan and Lex are talking to each other, and Clark is standing there uh, about with about, the with the red blanket. Uh huh. And he's also standing between Jonathan and Lex. It's a very iconic shot because they said this is this is it right here. This is uh, this is the battle for Clark's soul. Is he going to be going for? Is he going to be corrupted by Lex? Is he going to be? Is he going to follow his father's wisdom? Um, and you know, it's just the two of them fighting for it. You know, oh. it's kind of set up like that. Um, He's, David Nutter and Alan Miles were talking a lot about like triangles. Like these, these three are in a triangle because of this, and these three, and this is a triangle as well. Ah, oh, very cool. Yeah, and I like that. I mean, I don't like it, but then, I, but I do like it that <laughs> Pa Kent is too principled to let Clark keep the truck. Oh yeah, it's so good. It's teaching him something, you know. It's uh, yeah. I, I love. The I mean, how life. painful! You know, you give a sixteen-year-old kid a truck like this, and then you don't let him have it. Right? Oh my gosh! Well, that's great. I, I love that. You think you deserve a prize for saving people? I mean, that's yeah. just that's that's a Superman lesson. You know, like Superman is not going to just be like hero for hire. He's going to do it selflessly uh, and save us all. You know. So, mm-hmm. and also, you know, 
the money that bought that truck is also really dirty and was, you know, on yeah. the back of these poor farmers that had their property <laughs> taken away, that kind of stuff. Uh, I just, you know, Jonathan, I mean, John Schneider as Jonathan Cat, he just plays it like tough, but also like he's just a good man through and through. He's tough. He's got, he's got an edge to him. And I think he's just born for this role. Uh-huh. Um, what did you think of Clark's Loft? I think you've seen it in seasons 8 through 10. I yeah, his uh, fortress of solitude. Yep, and the his little creepy telescope. <laughs> yeah, Come the on, internet Clark. would the if this was today, the internet would not like that. Problematic. Is Jonathan enabling his son by putting a te- his 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 uh, family <laughs> telescope in the Reverly? Obviously, see Lana's house. Oh. Okay, uh, but you know Clark. Clark is uh, he's he's prin- he's just like his dad. He's very principled, mm-hmm. and he would not, uh, you know, encroach on Lana's privacy by watching her in undress. Other- <laughs> yeah, he would not. Do- he would not do that. Just watching from afar, and it's funny because I don't. It, it's funny how the geography of the show is set up because. It's mentioned later that Lana's house is like a mile from Clark's, but it always well, seems like it's right next door. Well, I mean, I can see that that the Kent's farm is so big that their house is so far from yeah. the main road that it would be a mile, mm-hmm. or or maybe a mile is an exaggeration. I think the telescope it's a good like, distance makes it seem like it, though. It's it's interesting how they do that and. Uh, and especially that shot where, like, Lana's, like, again, at like the end of the episode where she's looking back and it seems like she's looking exactly in Clark's direction and Clark is standing in plain view next to his telescope in the loft staring back, you know? And it's like, don't they – doesn't she see him there? But I guess if he's a while I guess it's – I guess it's the, because she was there. Yeah. And she could see – maybe she kind of has the idea that, oh, he could be watching me. So I love Jonathan's uh, telling Jonathan telling Clark about his origins or where they found you. I suppose you stashed my spaceship in the attic. Actually, it's in the storm cellar. <laughs> I just love John Schneider's face during those scenes. He's just kind of like, uh. <laughs> I don't know. Um, and uh, uh, Alan Miles talked about how like you've actually never seen this moment on film before, like the Clark revealing the super Clark revealing or. Er, Jonathan telling Clark about his origins. Um, although it's funny he says that because I, I could have sworn that happened in Superman the movie, but I'd have to go back and watch. Anyway, um, so yeah, graveyard scene, graveyard scene. They said that the smoke machine created so much smoke that once filming stopped, the sound ap- sound operator played the Braveheart score as crew members emerged from the fog. <laughs> <laughs> uh skip that scene we already talked about it i love <sighs> lex fencing and by the way those two that yeah. were fencing are not michael rosenbaum and that other actress so it's right i can imagine i love the whole i know life. it's really great that masks can really help with scene with scenes like that with action <laughs> yeah. scenes um and i love the uh lex like throws his flail at the wall next to clark's head <laughs> Just like, oh boy, watch out for these two. Um, do believe a man can fly um, is cool. Um, tagline from Superman the movie. 
Um, but Lex apparently says he's died. He had like a near death experience. Um, and that, uh, um, this was actually Michael Rosenbaum's audition scene. So, you know, Mm. Uh, the torch named after Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster's high school paper, the creators of Superman. Mm. Um, but yeah, you can, it, it's good that that, uh, when Clark rescued Lex, that was a huge event in Lex's. That was like a life altering event. Yes, exactly. And, and it's, it's like, it's like, he's like reborn. He feels, he feels reborn. He feels like he needs to figure out what exactly happened. And he doesn't quite believe Clark's story. I don't think, you know, mm-hmm. um, so that, that really, um, it, it makes his interest in Clark believable instead mm-hmm. of like, well, why does he care about Clark? He's just a kid. And, and it's so much better than the old com- Superman comics when they did put like, I think Superboy comics where they did have Lex in Smallville. And the reason why Lex and Clark have this uh, um, uh, argument is because Lex is like putting together like stuff in like a laboratory ends up like causing uh, a fire. And when, Lo- and when Clark, Blows the flyer, the flyer, the fire out with his super breath. It causes all of Lex's hair to disappear, <laughs> and Lex has a grudge against Superman from then on out. <laughs> so, yeah, that's kind of stupid. That's much better. <laughs> um, I gotta say, I had a Tumblr page uh, back in the last few years of Smallville, and it was called the Wall of Weird. Um, actually, I think I still have it, but I don't really post anything to it. I love the Wall of Weird. Um, it's very X Files. It's very Mulder. Um, so that's uh, and Chloe's awesome. I wrote it here. <laughs> uh, I have Chloe's nosy. <laughs> <laughs> as nosy as well. Yes. <laughs> uh, and it's here where Clark sees that all these cases is uh, like yeah, Chloe's connected like, everything to this to the meteor shower. Yeah. So then the 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 guilt, guilt. begins. Mm-hmm. And especially when he realizes that Lana's parents were like obliterated by a meteor. Yeah, you see that ugly picture of that ugly kid, <laughs> that ugly cry. It's cute. <laughs> Poor thing. Uh, let's see you cry and see if it doesn't look ugly. Oh, yeah, I'm sure I, it I does. think if your parents were obliterated in front of you, you'd ugly cry. <laughs> um. Uh, I, so yeah, Whitney puts uh, Clark up in the scarecrow. He puts the necklace on Clark, and I was reminded of uh, again Superman the movie. Lex puts the meteor rock, like the chain of meteor rock, around Clark Clark's uh, uh, Superman's uh, neck, and then kicks him into the water. And then it's Miss Tessmacher that saves him. You probably don't remember that. No. Okay. Superman, what? The movie. <laughs> And who saves him? Miss Tessmacher. You remember who? T- okay, you don't no. Miss Tess. <sighs> we just watched TV. We just watched TV. We just watched TV on the show. <laughs> we couldn't watch movies. Uh, <clears throat> anyway, <laughs> uh, I like how we see that Jeremy's not going to help uh, Clark, and uh, as he's leaving the field, he's spotted by Lex, and it's almost like a ghost from Lex's past. And, and it's so spooky because Lex gets out of the car, he sees Jeremy for a moment, and then Jeremy, like, disappears. And then he hears that, help me, from the cornfield. And it's it's um, uh, Clark saying that instead of Jeremy like it did in his, when he was first, when he was a boy, mm-hmm. you know. So it's very, very spooky. Very cool. Yeah. And uh, Lex picks up that necklace. That necklace. It's interesting. 
Uh, interesting how when Clark falls from the the thing and the necklace falls off, all of a sudden he's re-energized. He's, yeah, he's <laughs> yeah. ready to go. Yeah, it is. It's amazing how powerful Clark is, and mm-hmm. then how helpless and how weak he is with the whenever the meteor rock is around. Exactly. Now the constant Superman problem is in all these movies. It's like, what are we going to do with the most all powerful being? Is not an interesting character to write for? Well, you put him in a town that's surrounded by all the things that make him weak. <laughs> all sorts of meteor rock is all over this town. Um. Oh, uh, I just wanted to say, I, I remember when I first saw the imagery of the show, like this, this shot of him up on the cross was, uh, mm-hmm. was all over the place when the show was premiering and I was kind of put off by it, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause it's not what you want to see. Yeah. You don't want to see a weak Superman. It's not even that. It's just like, why, why are you putting this religious imagery in here? I don't get this. You know, I, I wasn't, I didn't yeah. really think about that back then. Yeah. And that he's like literally on a cross with an S on his chest. And I, I, I really mm-hmm. think like watching and understanding the context of it all makes it a lot better. Makes it- yeah. So is the S for Smallville? Is it for Scarecrow? What is it? Uh, it, it, it? I think it's I think it's for Scarecrow in this shot. But um, okay. Yeah, we see S's everywhere because of the small because it's Smallville and the Smallville mm-hmm. high is the S on the varsity jackets. Um. So we have yeah whatever we have a quick fight between Clark and Jeremy and. Jeremy does not get killed by Clark. Um, he electrocutes himself and is snaps out of it. Mm, so like, where am I? What's going on? I'm Clark Kent, and you're in Smallville. <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> and I love that he stacks the trucks at the end too. That was that was uh, taken away, taken from uh, uh, Man of Steel. Took that Clark did that to some truckers at the beginning of that movie. Um, the only thing I have left for the pilot is the best needle drops. I have a best needle drop section here. Lifehouse, everything shows up uh, when uh, yeah. Lana shows up for that dance, the dream sequence at the end. And um, I got to say that that was almost uh, the theme to our wedding, my, me and my wife. Um, <sighs> but the song is like a little over six minutes long. So we were thinking like, oh, man, we're going to come in and start dancing. These people are going to have to sit and watch us for six minutes. And that's like <laughs> an eternity while you're waiting for food. <laughs> <laughs> so we picked uh, at last. <laughs> um, the other be- the best needle drop of the show, uh, this pilot is uh, Bruce Hornsby's "the the way it is." This is nothing like introducing the small town of uh, uh, Smallville and uh, the you know the countryfied uh, Kent's you know then just throwing some Hornsby on the on the soundtrack. <laughs> That's the way it is. Yeah. So, all right, metamorphosis. We'll jog through this a lot quicker. Okay. You were right uh, an hour ago when we were talking about the <laughs> first started talking. This was shown as a two-hour pilot in Canada, UK, and Australia. They etched these together, and it really works because it takes place like the next day after the pilot. Yeah, it it take it, yeah it start well it doesn't it ends with Lana in her room, and then the next episode begins with the butterflies. Yeah, her finding the butterflies in her room. Yeah. So yeah. it's it's like that same night. Um, Chad Danella plays Greg the Bug Boy. He was also in the X Files episode Hungry. Remember that episode? Mm, I knew he looked familiar. Yeah, yeah. he's a kid that he can't help it. He has to eat eat people, you know. Um, and um, um, oh, they said that they really like this guy. They said that um, for the Smallville villains, they really try to make it 
like as realistic as possible for the villains to be acting, you know. And that, you know, every single villain, anytime they get like a power, it's like a reflection of who they were as a person before. So, um, you know, Bug Boy is, uh, you know, he's surrounded by bugs already. And there's all sorts of bug puns in here. It's amazing. <laughs> but he's also got this like creepy thing where he's like stalking people and stuff. So, uh, one of my first notes is I love the fact that Lana has a drawer full of crowns. That. Yeah, she was like, oh, here's another crown. Let me just throw it in here with all my other crowns. <laughs> and then we go to the stables and she's got a wall full of <laughs> ribbons. I'm like, of course. <laughs> and, it, and I was watching this thinking about like you, the, the few comments you made about Lana. I was like, oh, Steph must be hating yeah. this. <laughs> See, that's why everybody hates her. That's why everybody hates her because she's like too perfect. Yeah, yeah. She other than her parents being – Everything other than her parents being, you know, blown to smithereens right in front of her eyes when she was a little baby, a little kid. She has the perfect life. Mm-hmm. She has no problems. She has no issues. That's right. She's just perfect. Mm-hmm. That's why people hate her. Um, I also got to mention. Uh, I'll just get a needle drop out of the way. This is the first episode with the best. Theme song. The best ever. theme song ever. I love this song. And I will be this playing it at the top of every one of these podcasts. I don't care if anybody gets sick of it because it's the best. Does Remy Zero have any other singles? No, I don't think so. I mean, <laughs> uh, I'll save that. Uh, <laughs> no, this is like their most famous song. That's what I thought. Okay. Um, and it is amazing, and uh, I've sung it at karaoke terribly before. Um, there, it, I talked about Starkville's House of L. Um, we did a video for the finale of Smallville, and uh, a part of that video was me standing in front of my giant tube television set, dancing to the theme to Smallville as I was playing <laughs> on my TV. Uh, <laughs> uh, I love that song. It always charges me up whenever I hit play. I'm like, I'm like, yes. <laughs> I know. That's why I was disappointed that we didn't get it in the pilot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, which just... is, you know, it's not it's not unusual to not get a uh, opening credits for the pilot. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, at the beginning of this, it's like, oh my god, Clark is flying <laughs> already, and if what he's he's floating over Lana's bed. What's going on here? <laughs> yeah, that was neat. Of yeah, uh, uh, first. <sighs> Uh, sorry, foreshadowing. Yeah, and how she's like, it's all your, all your fault, Clark. Um, but he was flying for a moment there, but just over his own bed in his sleep, and he falls and breaks his bed. So that's that's neat that he's he has these he has the potential for mm-hmm. all this, and but we have a long road ahead of us. Yeah. So potentially all this stuff will come out. He'll learn to use his powers. He'll learn. His limits and everything. So much potential. We should rename this podcast Potential Cast. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, So we see a farmer's market. Uh, I like that Clark is driving nails with his thumb. And uh, the comment. like, let me just. Let's just do the easy way. Yeah, I know. I do like the fact that he kind of looks around for a second before he starts. Before he does that. (laughs) I was like, what is he doing? Um. Uh, in the commentary, they said that uh, Tom Welling, um, in between after after shooting the pilot, um, got a haircut and uh, lopped about uh, five inches off his hair, and uh, they didn't. 
I didn't realize that um, the next episode would take place the next day. <laughs> uh, yeah, I saw there was a lot of like it, when they go to Bug Boy's house, his hair changes. Exactly, right on the porch, he's got his regular yeah. hair, but when he goes inside the house. He's wearing hair, hair extensions, and he's wearing hair extensions for most of this episode. Oh, really? Yep. Extensions. Five oh. inches of hair. But see, back then, you know, back then we weren't so – Yeah. we didn't just scan episodes for inconsistencies. It wasn't that big of a deal because people were so used yeah. to television. It aired one time. Mm-hmm. Maybe it would rerun in the summer. Not a big deal. But This might know, have been now, right around with, the time when they first started doing DVDs, but – it still wasn't mm-hmm. like you weren't pausing it. You weren't getting digital files of it and analyzing every screen. Yeah. Yep. So I think in the third episode, you know, they just let him keep his regular hair. <laughs> uh, bit of trivia here. Eric Johnson, who plays Whitney, hated cri- kissing Kristen Crook. Uh, <gasps> hated it so what? much. Just because it's just uncomfortable. He does, I mean, it is probably lovely to kiss her, but, um, you know, it's not his girlfriend. And uh, just was uncomfortable for him. That's all. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> See, yeah, you know, with that was something that I always asked Morgan. I was like, what if you get a a role where you have to kiss? What if the first person you kiss <laughs> is somebody, you know, is in is acting and you don't want to kiss them? Well, mm-hmm. you just do what the what the part calls for. That's just you yeah. have to be professional. Yep. You have to do, you know, do your job. And like uh, yeah, so I would be the same way. I would I would be like I don't have like affection for this person. I don't really want to kiss them. And of course, you know the the they didn't. You know I'm, I don't know how good of a friends that Eric and Kristen were off offset, but you know they could have done the thing that Sarah Michelle Gellar and David Boreanaz did, which was eat a bunch of onions before each other uh, <laughs> kissing season, garlic or something, just really try to gross each other out the best. <laughs> I, I always love watching their kissing scenes. Going oh, they must taste. Like, ugh, how awful is their breath right now? <laughs> Whereas you watch the kissing scenes between uh, Whitney and Lana and this show, you just go, he hates this so much. <laughs> uh, so I love that Clark. Clark is always a good guy. He's cool enough to kind of keep Lana. He could have went right to Lana and be like, your boyfriend strung me up in a cornfield. Yeah. And, you know, and I think he's just, he has the capacity forgive to forgive, but... Um, he's not doing Whitney any favors either. So the whole Whitney's like nervous about the necklace being gone, and uh, Clark's just not going to help him find it. You know, as far uh-huh. as he knows, it's out there in the cornfield. <laughs> uh, I noticed. I noted that. I noted that uh, Greg uh, Bug Boy is is, is like uh, Peter Parker and uh, Superma- uh, Spider Man Three. You got to stop doing that. What are you doing over there, Sadie? You shushing me? Sorry. <laughs> Greg. I mean, it doesn't matter if I should. She's not going to listen to me. Somebody pulled up. She's got to let us know. She's got to alert us. Somebody's here to kill you. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Greg is Greg is like Peter Parker in Spider Man Three when he gets the black suit. <laughs> you know, he gets the he he looks all slick and and he's stronger and his complexion's cleared up. Uh, but he's also like Mister Cool Guy. Uh huh. And I love that every scene that he shows up in, all of a sudden there's a. Uh, uh, is it cicadas? Cicadas? Uh-huh. They seem to follow him around. Um, oh, Lex finally gets his handshake in this episode. Yay. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, Clark saves Whitney from that fiery explosion because Greg gets jealous of Whitney. 
And uh huh. And and then like later on, Lex tells Clark, you know, you're a good guy. You could have just let Whitney. You should have just left him in the truck. Yeah. So that just shows Lex's character. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you're constantly questioning as you're watching this for the first time. Does he really mean some of the things he kind of says? You know, mm-hmm. it's like he's got this capacity for evil, but is he actually evil? He has evil thoughts, but is he evil? Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, you see the first time that Kent see Clark saving somebody, which is a great moment. And Martha is panicked, and Jonathan is like has this proud look on his face. Um, uh, what else? Oh. First I'll eat, then I'll molt, then I'll mate. <laughs> I love that face that he has when he's spitting out the weapon. Um, uh, that's Christine Rose, by the way, that plays the mother. She was in X-Files as well. She was actually in the second episode of X-Files. <laughs> Just like ah. she's in the second episode of Smallville. Um, okay, so necklace, necklace, necklace. Uh, Lex gives him uh, the lead box. So it's interesting uh. that once it's in a lead box, it doesn't affect Clark. Uh-huh. And uh, I love this. It's made from the armor of St. George, the patron saint of Boy Scouts, which uh, Superman is often called like the big, big Boy Scout. Mm. Uh, did you like the, the, the effects they had, the CGI effects of Clark being affected by the kryptonite? Or, sorry, the meteor rock? <laughs> oh, the, like the vein? Yeah. Like, his, like it goes into his vein? Yeah, that was cool. Yeah, that was cool, too. I like the Clark. I like I like Bug Boy like jumping that effect that uh, that stunt where Bug Boy is like jumping down from the rafters. Oh yeah, yeah. When he attacks in the barn. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it's a great. uh, They call it Clark time, which is uh, kind of like the slow mo that you see a lot in like the Flash now. Yeah. Clark kind of like runs in like normal speed as everything slowed down around him. And yeah, saves his father from the thresher. Um, ba ba ba. Oh, uh, in the shower when uh, Greg is molting, that is, uh, he's just dropping strips of ham into the drain. There, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> ham looks really disgusting in the shower. I think. <laughs> well, ham is disgusting to me. They I, yesterday I ordered a spinach. Uh, and mushroom sandwich, and they brought me something that had ham on it. Oh, I was like, no. It's a pig. I also like the other thing that shows how good Clark is, that Lex gives him the power to win Lana over. She has, He gave him the necklace. The necklace is so important to Lana because it's made from the meteor rock that killed her parents, which is kind of morbid to be wearing that around your neck, but whatever. Um... <laughs> But yeah, Clark doesn't use it. You know, he ends up hanging it on her uh, doorknob later in, at the end of the episode. Um, Go get him, Sadie. Get him. Uh, oh, I used to have the camera that Chloe and Pete use in here. <laughs> um, like, just uh, as a coincidence, or you bought it just because <laughs> it was on Smallville? Total coincidence this time. This time is a coincidence. <laughs> um. And uh, I like that Clark's good enough that he teams up with Whitney to help save Lana and that, uh, you know, once once he's done fighting Bug Boy, like Whitney, like, goes up into the tree for it and gets Lana out of there. And poor Clark is just 
he gets to watch is when he gets to play the hero. Yeah, that's what I I noticed that that yeah. um, Clark's busy handling the dangerous person, but he allows Whitney to uh, win points with Lana by rescuing her. Mm-hmm. And you know, and that nobody asks what happened we- to Greg after all that. <laughs> yeah. And Whitney apologizes to Clark, but yeah. Clark doesn't hear it because he's run off. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Um, I did like the fight between Clark and Bug Boy in the foundry. They they found a great set for them to use, and of course, they had to have Meteor Rock. So, so Greg, so Clark is kind of depowered for a bit as he's fighting him. Um, but of course, uh, Greg gets killed, but. He causes it himself. He pulls a chain and this giant thing like drops on him. Oh, see, I wasn't sure if he was killed because I saw all those bugs. Well, that's come the thing. Out. Yeah, yeah. It reminded me of that episode of Buffy where the guy was like made of bugs. Oh, yes, exactly. <laughs> but that in that one, like Xander and Cordelia were like stomping all the bugs. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, this is kind of like that's what they said. Like it. Who knows if that actually killed him or if he's going to be back in the future. That's what I, I was like. Well, those bugs can reconstitute into him, so Maybe. he may be back. Yeah. Did that really kill him? Yeah. But yeah, again, you'll notice like Clark doesn't kill anybody. <laughs> okay. Uh, which is good. You know, you don't – I mean you don't want to have your hero just murdering people left and right in the first season of their show, Arrow. Uh, <laughs> uh, okay. That's what I was about to say. That's why that was such a big deal. Yeah. I mean, it's just he's a superhero. He's supposed to be, you know, he's not like I don't know. I mean, Batman maybe I don't know, but still, Batman doesn't really kill either, unless he's like movie Batman, where every villain in a Batman movie dies at the end of the movie. Um, oh, uh, little little um, little trivia here. Um, Lana Lang assumed the identity of Insect Queen after receiving insect insect like powers from an alien. In uh, an old issue of Superboy <laughs> Oh, okay I don't know if that was uh, Related, but um, Oh yeah, bug puns uh, I love that Greg is driving a VW Beetle While listening to Papa Roach really loud uh, <laughs> the, the poster of the swarm on, In his bedroom um, And he also mentions Sometimes you're the windshield, sometimes you're the bug mm-hmm. uh, Best needle drops we got the the great uh, song from the calling in this episode. Always related to Smallville for me. Wherever you will go. Oh uh, yeah. yeah. If I great could, song. I would. Um, uh, Weezer's "Islands in the Sun" plays in the farmers hip, market. Hip. <laughs> That's another song we played at our wedding. Uh, like hip, right at the hip. end of our reception, uh, we played that song. Like it was one of the last song we played, and uh, Bree and I were. Dancing away uh, might be might have been a little intoxicated, but we were very much looking forward to going on our cruise the next day to Bermuda. So, mm. yeah. uh, and like I said, Papa Roach, Last Resort, is <laughs> played. So, the hits of the time, and this is back when they were like, before they show the end credits, they'd be like, tonight's music from Smallville was Papa Roach, The Calling, yada yada yada. So, <laughs> yeah. And that's it. That's all I have. Do you have anything else to say about Metamorphosis? Nope. We only have 215 more episodes to go. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. 
Uh, all right. Well, I'll just mention that next time on We Don't Want to Wait, we're going to be talking about four episodes, and I will have much less trivia. <laughs> this was okay. a good setup episode. We'll go back to yeah. our regular format of talking about episodes and that. Yeah. But uh, Hothead, Cool, X-Ray, Hourglass. They're not code words that I'm secretly messaging to you, Steph. Those are actually Wait a minute. titles. Now, see, you said it in a different uh, order than what I'm seeing here. Oh, really? You said Hothead, Cool, X-Ray, Hourglass. But I have on IMDb, I have Hothead, X-Ray, Cool, and Hourglass. Hmm, maybe I wrote it wrong. Let me look at my little app here. All right. Hothead, X-Ray, Cool, Hourglass. That's right. Or that's what I have on IMDb. Oh, okay. I had it out of order. Sorry, I wrote it down out of order. Oh, no. (laughs) Disastrous. (laughs) Uh, So, yay. Do you have any uh, predictions about what any of those episodes are about? (laughs) Smallville is the king of the one-word episode titles, so get used to those. Oh, okay. There's no Uh, in-dreams begin responsibilities in Smallville. (laughs) (laughs) Uh. Hothead. Hothead. I, I can't. So are these are these all going to be like teenagers? Sorry? What do you mean? Freak of the Weeks? The Freak of the Weeks. Are they teenagers? Some. <laughs> so they're not necessarily teenagers. Mm-hmm. Are you looking at the pictures on IMDb? Because that's cheating. No, no, no. Uh-uh. No. I'm just like... Like we had Greg and we had Oh yeah, uh Jeremy. And Jeremy wasn't exactly he was a young adult, but he was stuck in Yeah, he was older than everybody. His the time of a teenager. Yeah, he was a teenager in nineteen eighty nine. So technically he was a a grown man just in a a teenager's body. So Hothead, can you can you predict anything? I have no idea. Like I don't know, nothing is coming to mind. Somebody, somebody that's hot. I don't know. Okay, that's a good like good guess. like heat. Yeah. Like somebody who emits heat. X-ray. I, I don't know. Somebody that has X-ray vision. I don't. I, I can't. Like I, like I can't. All right. All right. All right. Well, we're, we've been recording for a while, so I'll, I'll hold back on trying to make you predict everything. So uh, we'll talk, catch everybody uh, next week. Do you want to say anything else, Steph? Uh, I want to say that this is exciting and Yay. it's fun. And I can't wait to see what happens next. Yes. And to hate Lana Lang because she's just too perfect. Stop. Stop putting yourself in that mindset. You have to be open to Lana Lang. Accept Lana Lang into your heart. Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, to talk shit about Lana Lang, but to say no shit about Whitney is uh, is uncalled for. <laughs> well, we, I, I mean, I, Whitney is just the typical slime ball <laughs> douche jock. He just is. So you're just saying you expect this from Whitney, but you're disappointed in Lana's behavior. <laughs> y- yeah. <laughs> Okay. All right. Well, we'll discuss it more in the group. But uh, yeah, next week we'll we'll get to those four episodes. And uh, thank you everybody for watching along with us. And thank you, Steph, for indulging me. <laughs> okay, it's fun. All right. Bye, everybody.
Somebody save me. <laughs>